from Channel 10. <laughs> What's up, world? Before we get into this episode of the Channel 10 Podcast, I just want to make an announcement. The Channel 10 Podcast presents the Wu-Tang Podcast. It's a little spinoff that we have. You can go to wutangpodcast.com and check it out. For all the Wu fans out there, we'll be breaking down album by album the history of the Wu-Tang Clan, one of the most influential rap groups in hip-hop history. So go to wutangpodcast.com and check that out. And it'll also be on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you listen to podcasts pretty soon. Also, make sure you go to channel10podcast.com. Check out all our back episodes. Uh, make sure you leave a comment. You can leave comments on the website, on iTunes, or wherever else. You can order merchandise. So go check that out. And um, I'm going to keep this short. We're just going to get into the show. All right. Peace. We used to be like, see you then, Channel 10. And we used to think that people would catch on. You know, but like, if you're not from Queens, <laughs> if you don't got Time Warner or whatever, <laughs> like, well, I didn't know do it, yo. Yo, what up, man? It's a different channel, son. What up? On, man. What up? Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. What up? All good, baby. In every hood, son. What up? Yep. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Whoa, face, gather your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network, Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, this grown men. Bold face, gather your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. Yo. Yo. We're back once again. It's the Channel 10 Podcast. It's me, the almighty AR, your man, Artic in the building, and I'm alongside. Sing Superior. And today we have a very special guest by the name of Bills B. Billions. What's good, man? What up, what up, man? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. And um, I actually ran into Bills. Um, what was it? It was in the uh, the Wendy's on uh, Florida and New York and D.C. after the Joe Budden show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bless me one of those Saturday shirts. And we're definitely going to uh, get into that. But, um, you know, I just want to take it back to the beginning uh, to start off real quick, man. Where are you from? Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Bed-Stuy, to be exact. Okay. And uh, what was it like growing up there? Uh, I was pretty rough. You know, I'm, I'm a, of a lighter skin tone, so all the kids around here used to try to take my bike. This was years before gentrification. So, you know, I had to fight for my bike, fight for my basketball, fight for my Jordans and shit like that, you know? It was pretty rough over here but now now it's totally different gentrification had came here it's like i'm like one of the last black families left on my block you know? mm. but you must be the man around there <laughs> as of now i guess right yeah mm, that's what's up now um what was your um, upbringing like in terms of your parents did you have old parents in the house and everything um for the most part like i always saw my dad my parents were separated from mm. when i was young so I was mostly raised by like just my mom, so you know how that goes. Like mm. I, I really didn't have no no curfew. And plus my parents, I was like the last of four boys, so by the time I came around, like they was already bored. Like, damn, another boy. So I kinda raised myself for the most part. Mm-hmm. What kind of things were you into as a kid? Um, not nothing really too too bad. Like I I was always like um like we always had, so I never was really into too too bad stuff until I got older. Mm-hmm. But actually when I was young, like my mom used to take me to um like I was like a background actor. Like I was on episodes of Law and Order in the background, I was in episodes of Sex in the City. I did like a lot of background acting, play hoops, 
shit like that till I got older to like high school and shit. That's when I like really um just started doing, you know, my thing. Or was it like a star quality that you had as a kid or like how did that come about? Yeah, man. It's just like I don't know. It's like my whole life people just gravitate towards me. Like it's just something about me, my personality or my looks, you know, I don't really mean to toot my own horn, but uh, you know. <laughs> Just like I don't know, people just I always like in in public school. Like I was the most popular guy in public school. Then junior high school, high school, MySpace. Mm-hmm. Like just like you know, just been popular my whole life. As people gravitate towards me, mostly because probably because you know, like um, I'm a people's person. You know, like I would talk to, like I'm one of the coolest kids, but I'll hang out with like probably the I used to hang out with the nerdest of nerds. And people text me like, "Yo, why you hang out with nerds, man? I don't really judge nobody. I mean, if we vibe, we vibing." Mm. Now, um, now, like, what were some of your uh, earliest musical influences? Uh, probably like, of course, Biggie, Jay Z. Mm. But I like like a lot of Michael Jackson, Prince. I like um, like all eighties, eighties music. I'm a big eighties music fan. Like, I listen to Cindy Looper, fucking Depeche Mode, mm. fucking um. Just like like I, I love eighties music and nineties R and B. Now, did you um did you? Because I know you do your music thing now. You got the new single out and everything. Um, did you get into music like actually recording it or um you know writing or anything musical early on? Um, like we used to own a studio, so I was always into writing records. I never really wanted to be like an artist, but like, you know, when people come to the studio, if they need to help with stuff, like I would write lines for them, give them hooks because we own the recording studio. So mm. like that. And then eventually, like, um, then I started throwing shows and, um, it was hard to get people to come out to, to watch or like, uh, I would have like five unknown artists on the shows just trying to give them light. And it would be hard to get people to actually come like, yo, just come watch this artist, come watch this artist. So... I said to get people to come. I started actually performing at the shows, and um, and that's when like the turnouts was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then after like a year or two of me just performing at the shows, I said, you know, maybe I should start actually put some music out because I was performing at the shows and I had no music out, so people would just come to see what I was going to do. Like they didn't know any of the songs, but they just came to see me. Mm. So and like, now, would you like? Oh, uh, I bet. I said, so now I'm just taking a little bit more serious now. Mm-hmm. So like, would you like, so like, uh, with your creative process, like, do you like start off a freestyle a little bit, like to try to get like the melodies down or something of that nature? Um, I kind of just go on Instagram and look at the, the new, the next girl I want and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I put up a vision board, like I want this car right here and I want this girl right here. What song can I make that's going to get me that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, have you always been that uh, visual type of person, like to know what you wanted to do and to, you know, figure out what you had to do to execute it? Um, not really, because stuff always came so easy for me that, like, I didn't realize, like, I didn't know what hard work was until recently. Like, mm. literally my whole life, I had it easy. Like, some people tell you, like, oh, I had to work for everything I had. Uh, I had to bust my ass that. Like, stuff just came so easy to me always my whole life, so... It's like, you know, like my talents, like I, I took them for granted. And um, recently, like like for the past year or so, like I went through like a real, real tough time. And um, 
It made me realize that, like, you know, all right, now you really have to work for everything. Everything used to just fall out the sky for me. And um, mm-hmm. now, now it's to the point where I have to work for the things I want. So, I mean, it's better off that way. It's, it's better off I learned it now instead of, you know. Down the line and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you mentioned, um, you know, getting into bad stuff. What led into that? Oh, uh, that's just when, um... When you're in high school, man, you got you to gotta keep up with, with the newest trends. You know, like they was releasing two pair Jordans. Your mother may have brought one pair, but you wanted both pairs. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You wanted jackets. That's when they had these leather jackets. These Vanson jackets was like $1,500. My mother wasn't giving me no $1,500 to buy no fucking leather jacket. So yeah. I had to go out and get my leather jacket. You know what I mean? That's what's up. Now, did you um did you ever like have any bad experiences or, you know, what led to you actually getting out of that? I I didn't hit. Oh, um, honestly, because I know it don't last. Like you know, at the end of the day, everybody you look at who's who reached success from that is either still stuck there or lost it all. So it's like you know, and then Twitter. Like I found an opportunity on Twitter where I could start making money off Twitter, like with the Saturday shirts and everything. So I just kind of started fucking with that heavy. Like that was like 2013. Mm. Now that was one question I had. Like, so from the inception of Saturday, so you said that that started off like um, from an ex girlfriend. Yeah, man. So what happened with that situation? All right, like my whole life, I was just like a cheating ass boyfriend and just been through mad stuff. So I decided, like, yo, the next girl I get, I'm gonna be a hundred percent faithful to her. Mm-hmm. I wound up picking the wrong girl to be faithful to. This girl nagged me to death. Like it was at the point where I felt like I, I like I just couldn't take it anymore. Like I felt like I was going to explode. Like I was so miserable. And then she had the nerve to leave me talking about she's unhappy. I like, yo, man, I almost lost it. And then I was sad that she left me because like for a year that was all I knew. Just like, yo, I was being a super boyfriend, wasn't doing nothing she didn't like nothing and this was miserable so i just started tweeting like yo like i can't believe my ex really left me i'm sad right now and people started laughing at it and i was like like what the fuck is funny about that because that's when twitter was still that was like 2012 that's when twitter was still a little bit personable like like you were actually put like what you were feeling up there now it's just like more trolling and jokes and shit but back then like i was really going through sadness at the time and people laughed at it and that kind of helped me get over it too though like Mm. Like fuck it, if I could, they could laugh at me. I could laugh at myself. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> I miss you. you hear this? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, did you um, experience any type of like sadness or anything before that? Or was like that your first experience with the whole depression thing? No, nah, before that, like yeah, de- depression like kind of runs in my family. Mm. So like uh, all my whole life I had double it, but that's kind of taboo in the black community. Like you don't really show the depression is like a sign of weakness. Well, but that's the dumbest misconception that there is. Like when you're like if you're sad and everything that like you're weak. And um, so for years like I've never ever told anybody like when I wasn't feeling like when I was sad or didn't want to do certain stuff. Like sometimes I would just lie and say I was sick. But, like, I was just in bed because I didn't want to get up because I just wasn't feeling mentally well enough to get out the bed and just wasn't good. And I was like, yo, I'm not feeling good. I got a stomach ache like that because – and I, a lot of times you don't know that you're depressed. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, have you ever, like, uh, sought, like, counseling or something like that? 
No, because like people, I told you, I know people who suffer from that, and I feel like when they went through it, like it didn't really help, and it's like um, I didn't want to be like have to start taking medication and stuff like that because I feel like that just makes it worse, and that's why I decided to start Saturday because I feel like you know, all right, I'm a sad person, and um, that's just something I got to deal with. Like I'm not gonna just let it let it defeat me. I'm gonna defeat it. So I started just like joking about it. Like, oh, I'm sad. So what? I'm depressed. Ha ha ha. That's when mm. I was like writing a blog and everything at first, and then that's when I started making the shirts. Like, I'm gonna wear my frown on my shirt so I could keep my my smile on my face. Like, I'm gonna leave all my problems on the shirt. So that's why the shirt is just like a, a frown, a big frown. Mm-hmm. Now, did yeah, you I feel you about that, man? Like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I feel you because like yeah, I, I've been diagnosed with like depression too, and I went through like this whole period where they gave me like Zoloft and shit, and yeah. it just didn't work out with me when I was like, and that was like around twelve, and so I just got rid of it and just kind of like dealt with it, and so like periodically I go like these intervals when I go like through counseling and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's that's good. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of hard because like people don't understand like even when everything is going very well like and you can't shake this feeling and you can't really say it to anybody so you got to kind of keep it in and it's like um you know I I was wondering too like what like was there a moment when you realized that this was actually a thing like that that you know you weren't necessarily weak or those taboos weren't necessarily true uh right probably from being on Twitter like. Cause you know I would make a lot of jokes about it, and then mm. people would DM me like, "Yo, I could, I know you're like, I know you're making jokes about it, but I can see that you know that you're that you're somewhat serious, and I want you to know that I feel a cert- the same way certain times, and you're not alone." So that kind of helped me realize like, "Yo, like a lot of people wear a mask that that they don't show people that they're depressed and um." And like I, I just wasn't alone, so that that also helped me out. Mm. Dude, so and it made me realize like yo you like so then like it's okay like yeah that that's when i realized it was serious like oh all right so what i am feeling is a real thing that other people feel also and that helped me deal with it mm. so um you know starting that whole saturday hashtag um you know at what point did you realize that hey this could be like a viable business opportunity in, in terms of you know making the t-shirts and everything uh, first, I was just writing a blog on nerdatthecooltable.com. Shout out my nigga Nerd, because he helped me out a lot with it also. Like, I was just writing a blog up there. And, um, like, every week, like, the blog would be, like, the most viewed post on the blog site. So, eventually, like, and everybody on Twitter would retweet it, and everybody would read it. Other blogs would repost it, and it was, like, becoming a big thing. So, he hit me with the idea. Like, at the time, I was still doing other stuff. So he hit me with the idea, like, yo, you should sell shirts. And I was like, all right, well, you could sell them and just just send me whatever. So he was selling them at first, sending me the money because I didn't care. You know, I had like a lot of the stuff going on. And then when I decided I didn't want to do any of that stuff anymore, I just said, you know what? Like I um, I had we had like stopped making the shirts for like a few months. And I decided I was just going to make the shirts again and go hard with it, like put all my energy in something positive. Mm. You know, see where it take me and it did pretty well and now uh, did you have like a designer um do the first designs or how did that come about he nerd actually sent me like over a couple designs and i just told him which one i wanted to use mm. he, he i don't know if he designed it or had somebody else designed it and 
And then after that, like the rest, like that was just the initial design. All of the new designs is the ones like I basically design them or have, like I tell somebody um, an idea I have and let them design it for me. But. That's what's up. Now, um, I guess just starting off in a new business venture, um, you know, and transitioning, how was that process? And like, did you eventually have to like learn like how to, you know, incorporate different things and uh, do a business plan and all that? Or did That's- you? Yeah, that was the hardest, actually the hardest part. That's what I told you where I had to realize that stuff just don't fall out of the sky. It's not as easy as it seems. Like you got to have all your copyrights, all your LLC, tax ID, just like stuff that I was not familiar with. Mm. So it was just like, you know, and it wasn't like easy stuff. Like you can't just, it is relatively easy, but if you have to know what you're doing, like to, to copyright everything, I had to, it's like so many steps to go through. You know, for like a while, I, I missed out on a big opportunity because I didn't have everything copywritten at the time. Like, you know, someone approached me to buy the Saturday brand. Mm. Um, mm. I didn't have all of the paperwork right at the time. So, like, and that was another, like, a learning experience to me. That's when I realized, like, yo, shit just don't happen. Like, you have to do the right thing for it to happen. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like uh like so how difficult was it to like uh to copyright you know the the term Saturday because you know I, I if I can recall properly I've I've heard I've seen like certain songs that have like the term Saturday in it so right did you, like yeah. run into any difficulty with that no only um the word they was only copyright problem I had was with the actual word Saturday I just uh-huh. proved that they were two totally different things and. Like Saturday was just a day of the week, and Saturday was like my dad like had to do with sadness. So and that was it. Like so it was relatively easy to copyright. Mm. Yeah, because I was just curious, because like you know I looked at some of your other interviews, and it's just like you know I did this, and I did that, and I did that. So I was just wondering like the whole process. So like um, you said that you did like pop up shops and things like that. Yeah, so like. like- that- I got it real popular out here because at first it was just popular on the internet. When I wanted to get it popular, like the, the pop-up shops and the concerts, like they went hand-to-hand. Like, because um, I wanted to incorporate music with the Saturday. That's why I started doing the concerts, but people wouldn't come out and um, to, to purchase shirts. So the people were like, y'all want a shirt? I'm like, all right, well, I'm having a, a concert, uh, so just come out and see it. They're like, I don't want to see those corny people perform. <laughs> And then um, when I started performing at the shows like that, started bringing more people out, started boosting uh, merchandise sales. So it's just like, you know, like it it goes as far as as I take it. Mm. That's what's good. Now, and then, you know, in terms of all that and, you know, the logistics of it, like in terms of a pop up shop, do you have to get like permits and things like that? Or how does that work? Um, No, not here. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, maybe I have to. <laughs> I know I haven't done any of that recently, but mm. now that's, I know like when I'm trying to open up a store, that's what I'm, I have to do, get like certain type of permits. And now I'm trying to open up a store in New York City right now. That's what I'm in the process of. It's just rent here is so fucking high. I might have to go to like Jersey or something. Right. Now, um, you've talked a lot, up too, about, you know, different places out of town. You know, I saw you in D.C. and you talked about, you know, other places and college towns and things like that. Right, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, what are your experiences in uh, different places and how do they relate to, you know, the New York experience and everything? Um, I mean, every place 
DC is my second home. I just love it out there in DC. I have never even done like a, a Saturday show, Saturday party, pop up, nothing in DC. I just love DC so much. I just go out there a lot. Mm-hmm. But mostly I do them like in Connecticut, Atlanta, and it's like people are real receptive of it because uh, it's from Twitter. Like so, a lot of people on Twitter when they see that I'm going to be there for that weekend, like yo, I'll, like I make a flyer, advertise, I'm going to be there for that weekend, and a lot of people from that town just come out and buy shirts. I'm actually doing one in Kentucky. And it's looking like I have, like, I didn't even know that many people in Kentucky knew about the Saturday brand. Mm-hmm. But people are emailing me like, yo, I need this color shirt. Please bring, I need like six shirts. I didn't want to order them online, but I want to come out and get them. That's why I want to start doing pop-up shops in different states also because I hate ordering stuff online. But if, if I know I can just go physically get it, I will go physically get it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you got to get like a whole street team in different different yeah. uh, locations and things. <laughs> But I I actually like going to the place myself. Like, I like putting in the groundwork myself also, so it don't even matter. I, I just find a, find a place for us. We are in D.C., uh, Maryland. Yeah, uh, well, I'm in Baltimore. He's in, uh, you're in uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Oklahoma, yeah. All right. But. Got to get out there to Oklahoma, too. Oklahoma's close to Dallas, right? I'm supposed to do something in Dallas, like, late July. Oh, well, um, is that, like, around the time of your tour, right? That's yeah, like, you're doing? yeah. Like late yeah. July. Yeah, cool. Like so, like um, so like when it, so, it's interesting that like I guess like your whole like your your whole like you know like the your whole business because like I would imagine that you know so you go out and about to all these different places you know pop up shops and everything like that and you know you're actually working while at the same time I guess you know going to different clubs and so do you ever like come across like certain people who just kind of like want to party with you or whatever like that but at the same time you're kind of working yeah and so like how do you like try to like balance that out funniest thing ever like we did a pop-up shop and like when we doing um like a saturday concert in Mm -hmm. atlanta so you know i'm carrying the boxes of the shirts in because i'm good i'm here like we're doing a concert yeah i'm going to perform yeah that but i'm carrying the boxes in to you know set up the table to sell the shirts you know like i do a lot of groundwork People are actually grabbing the collar on my shirt, like bills, 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 and I, I'm like, I'm just really confused. But <laughs> no, no, out there, like it's like you know, like I have a strong following. They don't get to see me as much out there. So when I'm in town, it's just like you know, they treat me like royalty. Uh, yeah, because like, I, I imagine that man, like as what, like seeing you on Twitter and stuff, like. I can see you like you know yeah we gotta we gotta keep moving these shirts you gotta keep moving these shirts and people like bills bills I I I know your pain I'm so sad yeah like, oh, let's take pictures <laughs> together let's have a shot of Henny together you know yeah. I try to do as much of it as I can though because I appreciate it all yeah no doubt now um you know I guess as your as your profile starts to rise and everything and you know um you you know you talk about the women a lot do you ever find them to be a distraction. The, they're the biggest distraction and the biggest motivation, honestly. So, mm. Like, what can you do? <laughs> I do. Yeah, no doubt. Um, oh, and, uh, <laughs> and like, um, you know, some of the things that you say, like, especially about your exes and things like that, do you ever get any kickback? Oh, definitely. Like, a lot of times people tell me I hate women and, you know, like, oh, like, I sound bitter. A lot of times my exes get mad because, like, you know, I'll say some stuff. I like I'll just tweet just because I know other people can relate to it. Uh-huh. But my ex would be like, "Oh, you talking about me?" Like one of my ex girlfriends, like, "Oh, you talking about me? You being disrespectful? Ah, uh-uh, you got me looking stupid." People know I'm your ex girlfriend, and you saying that, 
And I'm like, yo, it's just part of the brand. Like, it's part of my job to tweet about stuff like experiences I've been through. Like, I'm not trying to dish you. It's just, you know, it's my, my experiences. Like, and like a lot of them get, I catch a lot of flack from that. And, but you know, sometimes girls be like, oh, you're so heartbroken. Let me be the one to, to, to put you back together. You got your heart broken. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> man, you got to watch out because, uh, you know, like how, um, who was it? Adele, her her ex boyfriend ended up suing her after she sold all those millions of albums. Like, you know, Damn. that was about me. <laughs> Damn. Like, so yeah, you gotta <laughs> make sure they can't get you for any slander, libel, or anything. Yeah, right. Like I, I got so many exes, man. Like, none of them would ever know which one I was talking about. I just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, 40 of y'all can't sue me. <laughs> That's what's good, man. Um, yeah. I'll go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, man, like, I had like a similar issue with like, you know, this one ex and, you know, you know all about that. And I was sad for like a year and a half and I just missed out on a lot of, lot of different circumstances when it came to women trying to, you know, try to put me back together and shit. And I was, I was yeah. so fucking sad. I just didn't do it. And so I still look back on my college days. Like, why didn't I do it? <laughs> Yo, man, it's no pain like that, man. It's no pain like being heartbroken or, or missing a girl or like the toughest guys, man, just curling up in a crib like a shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heart, heart, I don't wish heartbreak on nobody. Honestly, that's probably like the worst pain I've ever had, like when I actually got my heart broken. Like, oh, man, like, I don't wish that on anybody, man. I think I'd rather get like... Mm, I won't go that. Probably like I'd rather slam my arm in the door or something than get my heart broken again. Or even shot in the leg if I knew I'm gonna survive. Probably. <laughs> yo, you really don't be wanting to do nothing. You be feeling like it's the end of the world. Like, yo, what am I gonna do? Like, how am I ever gonna move on? I'm never gonna find nobody like her again. This is it. Wow. Like, yeah. you just start regretting all this shit. Like, damn. Like, why we had that argument, man? That was my fault, man. Like, we shouldn't argue over that little shit. Like, damn. Like, we start speaking because of this. Start thinking about dumb times. Like, damn. We argued over juice. I should just, I should just watch that stupid TV show with her. Like, why I always had to be this type of person, and then you swear the next relationship you're going, like if you get another chance with somebody else, you're going to do it right, then you just go do the same dumb shit again with the next girl, so. <laughs> Yo, why don't people talk about this kind of stuff? Like, <laughs> like nobody talks about this. Uh, people don't like looking vulnerable. Me, I, I don't have no secrets. I don't have no shame. I am who I am. I do what I do. You know what I mean? I'm not a perfect human being, but I, I'm not the worst human being there is, but I, I'm probably top five, but... <laughs> <laughs> but people be be too um be too cool like they they don't like to look vulnerable to people they try to keep on like their cool persona or try to be like you know like have uphold an image i don't have a, a image to uphold i am who i am yeah. uh, so like um now like now you know you being honest and vulnerable is actually kind of part of your brand now so right. it's like um, sometimes do you feel a pressure to to kind of keep it going, or or do you just do whatever and and see how it takes? Yeah, so I kind of at first I started feeling the pressure of it, like like around like last like beginning of last year, I started feeling the pressure of like damn, like what I'm going to do, like um um like I feel like like I was losing my touch and. 
I wasn't that sad anymore and I just had to be sad for the brand and so I just started like taking Xanax and shit like that and drinking every night and like I I started getting consumed by it and um that was actually like the for a year like I didn't even make last year from January to probably like August I didn't make any new clothing I just was out partying every night drinking and like I fell into like a like the weakest state I've ever been just because I was sad that I didn't know what what else to do like I like I felt like I hit a wall and uh only thing that could save me was just actually partying and drinking every night like oh I gotta go on um I gotta be drinking on Instagram I need to see everybody on I need to like show everybody on Instagram like I'm drinking having fun right now or I need to let people on Twitter know I'm doing this or people on Snapchat see me having fun drinking every night or I'm drinking and driving falling asleep on Xanax and that's actually what happened. Like I fell asleep and um, got to a car crash. Oh man! And, yeah, but I mean, luckily I escaped good. That's that's what made me realize, like, yo, man, like you got to shape your shit up together. But for a whole year, I just was like going down the drain. Like I just wasn't doing no concerts, wasn't making no shirts. I mean, like sometimes, you know, it's like, and that was like the boy who cried wolf because nobody believed me. They was like, "Oh, you just doing that because you just acting sad because you got to be sad for your brand." Like you don't really feel that way. Like I would tell my friends, like, "Yo, I ain't feeling good today, man. I don't feel like coming outside." Like, shut up, man. Like, stop being a girl. Like, just come outside, man. And then of course I would go outside because you know you don't want to look like all right. But outside, I'm just like moping around, just not in a good mood, but I'm still outside. So I'm drinking and then I'm doing drugs, smoking weed, doing Xanax, sleeping with women I don't know, you know. Mm. So what pulled you uh, out of that? Was it the accident situation? Or? Yeah, because I realized I could have really got hurt. Like, and I feel like I escaped. I mean, I crashed up the car pretty bad, but I wasn't physically hurt. So mm. I was like, damn, like I, I could have really, really got hurt. And, and um, I realized like, no, nah, I got I got so much more left to do. Like I got, especially with myself, with the Saturday brand, I got so much more left to do before I could really hurt myself because I, I didn't mind you know if, if i would went out in a car crash i went out in a car crash like a g you know that's mm -hmm. how most g's die anyway <laughs> getting shot like those are the only two real honorable ways to die as a man mm -hmm. um so, so I, realized I just got like a lot more to do first mm. so like um are you religious at all yes i'm, I'm christian okay and um how does that um you know play into everything that you do Right, like, and at that time, like, I was losing my faith in God. Like, I was just really in a dark, dark place. Like, I wasn't going. Like, I, I usually go to church almost every Sunday, read my Bible every night, pray every night. I wasn't doing any of that for a year. I just gave up. I was just living. Like, I was really living wrong, and I feel like that's another reason. Like, I was going down a drain because I just like I don't know, and I and I can't really pinpoint to why I was doing that type of stuff. Because I figured, like, maybe because it was the brand. Like, I felt like the brand was going down. But the brand was only slowing down because I was the one slowing down. Uh -huh. like, I didn't realize at the time, like, if I don't make the shirts, the shirts don't get made. So, like, it's not like people would ask him for the shirts. Like, yo, when you updating the site? When you updating the site? I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it in a week or so. I'm, I'm going to go this week. I'm going to design some new shit. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, oh, I'm going to do a pop-up shop. And I just wasn't doing none of that. And then I just woke up like, damn, like, I ain't, like, ain't nothing been popping off lately. And I'm like, damn, 
and it's just like I fell into right. I fell into mm. like, place, and I wasn't praying, and then I started to praying more. Like I, I've been now. I'm back, so. So for anybody who like gets in that type of rut or anything like that, what would you say are some of the steps to get out? Having like have someone who understands you, like mm-hmm. have someone who understands, listen to music. Like a lot of time music, like if you like, like I listen to like Joe Buttons and stuff like, you know, he deals with depression and stuff like that. And like you'll find a message in music. Music will help you out, like, because a lot of, even if someone who, if you don't have no one who understands you, you'll listen to a song and feel like, like, yo, I can relate to that song. And hopefully the song delivers a good message, like, you know, uh, you may be going through this one, but it's light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Mm. Or that, or, you know, right, it's kind of hard to snap out yourself, though. So you have to find, like, don't, don't try to think like you could just beat it on your own. Or like, like you know, I usually go on Twitter and say, oh, I'm sad right now. People will hit me, oh, cheer up. Some people will joke with you, you know, like people will laugh at you, laugh with you, make a joke to you, you joke back, shit like that. Just interactions with people. Mm-hmm. So like, did your family play a role at all with uh, helping you out of that slump too since, you know, they, so since they kind of understand it to a certain mm-hmm. extent? Not really because, you know, they thought it was just for the Saturday brand. Like, oh, you're just doing uh-huh. that for the brand and... Oh, you know, like it's nothing but like like a male predominant fam. I have a male predominant family, so it's like, oh, you know, being depressed is like a weakness. Yeah. Like they look at us like, oh, you weak. Like, oh, get the get the hell up. Like, shit like yeah. that. Yeah, man. Your niggas sometimes are the worst people to talk to. Yeah, like like your closest friends. Like, man, shut the fuck up. Like, you ain't sad. You gonna cry in the house like a little girl all day. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, shut the fuck up, take this shot, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> like now you sad drinking, mixing your henny with tears, like you know, chasing. No, the worst is when you get it from a girl. Like when a girl be like, "Man up," <laughs> and you be like, "Hold yeah. up, like I'm supposed to talk to you about this." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that that would be the worst. I never experienced that. Like you know, a lot of the women that I've known, like you know, they're real nurturing. So when I tell them I'm sad. You know, they send me like pics of their feet with white toenail polish on it because you know, <laughs> I love that so much. So, mm-hmm. but I could just imagine, right? God damn, you go to confide in a woman, but sometimes <laughs> you know that's how you get a girl back. You act fake sad, like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. My life is just going down the drain since I lost you. <laughs> <laughs> man, like I had like when I, I went through that, that that like that slump was like that ex of mine, yo. Like I was. It was like sad to the point that I had this girl and so she got so mad because I was trying to call her and so she just like took the phone and just called the girl and like cursed her out and just threw the phone back at me and, t- and pretty much told me in so many words stop being a bitch about it and just walked <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some wild shit. But um but like um when it comes to like interacting with people, um, do you find it easier in person sometimes or in social media sometimes? Like, and like, you know, what's the difference between the two for you? Um, honestly, like, you know, I'm a very, a very approachable person. Like a lot of people don't think that, but you know, I'm a very approachable person. I'm very down to earth. You know, I don't, I don't look at like, I'm not, you know, I'm very level headed. Like I know, you know, the success I'm having now in one, any day, and I'm I'm thankful for the success I've had now. So and I know that I'm here because I've interacted with people, because people on Twitter believed in me and stuff like that. So 
You know, like I'll sit down and have a conversation with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think that that is wrong of me too, because you know you have to try to keep like a keep a certain mystique about you, and you have to be out of like you know you have people who have to want to be close to you and want to be able to speak to you. You shouldn't be out there so much, but you know I I, I like I like interacting with the people, so that's what I do. That's what's good. Now, um, it seems like you're you're like um, in the circle of a lot of like notable people and stuff like that. Like you mentioned Joe Budden and you were on uh, Taxes podcast. And um, I think you're cool with uh, Troy Ave, right? Yeah. So like, um, you know, how did those relationships come about? Were those from before? Yeah, way before. Like um, Troy Ave, actually, I've actually rapped with him. Like he's the first person to ever put me on a rap song because he used to record with my brother when I was like 15 years old. Mm. So we did like um, like we did a song when I was like 15, 16 years old, high school. Um, me and Tax been cool for like eight years now. Like he uh, and my boy Push, I know him through my boy Push. We all used to be like MIB together. So and then Joe Buttons, I got him cool through Twitter. Like um, we actually was beefing on Twitter. Like you know, just right. <laughs> Like, I was a fan of his, but I think he said something to one of my friends. So then I just started dissing him all day. and um, But I was kind of sad, too, because, you know, I, I, I liked him growing up. So to have to diss him on Twitter, this was, like, probably 2011, 2012. Mm. To have to diss him on Twitter, I was mad sad. Like, damn, man. But, yo, man, you ain't going to come at my boy. So we was just dissing him on Twitter. Then he blocked me. And then um, I wound up going to one of his shows. He unblocked me. We got real cool. And then we were just hanging out from there. We go to the strip club every night and go to the hookah bars and shit. And shout out to him too, cause he helped me a lot with the Saturday brand. Also, him wearing the shirts and shit. That's what's good. Um, how do you feel about his uh, his uh, y- you know this run of shows being his last? Ah man, I, I feel like he shouldn't do that, man. Maybe mm-hmm. I think yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want to say too much, but I don't think that. I'm just. This is just pure speculation, but I think like Rage is gonna. You know, he's doing the whole thing, the whole Rage and the Machine thing now. Maybe Rage is gonna go on shows, and Joe Buttons is done. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no way. Like his shows are just amazing. It's no way he should be like, yeah, all right, that's my last shows. Yeah, it's crazy because um, that was my first time seeing him perform, and like you had people falling out on the floor and like all kind of stuff, and I was like, man, like his music really hit people. And I remember, I think I first heard uh, Moon Music Two, and that was the one. I was like, okay, like you know, you know, let me pay attention and like really listen to this guy because you know he really has some some touching records on there. Yeah, you should. The New York show was ten times crazier than the DC one. Like oh man. One at BB Kings, man, he really, really. That's why I figure, like, man, he can't go out like that, man. He got it. No, no artist is retired when they say they're retired, though. Like, I've never known one artist to stay retired when they said they retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like when it comes to uh, your music, um, so you have like three tracks on uh on uh, SoundCloud right now, and they all sound kind of, um. It's a very diverse in sounds. It's like three different types yeah. of vibes that you have going on. Right. So, like, are you still like kind of trying to find your vibe, or it, it, so it's just I like actually a... have like I actually have those going to be like or three different albums. You know, okay. That's why I put it out. So, so for some people who like you know, I got like a rap album for people who are more into rap. I have a, a, a like one like a more R and B auto tune album, and I have one just like my personal albums like. That's where the song All Done is from. It's like all 
real life situations I went through. That's my favorite joint of uh, um yeah, I'm off of the like, joints. <laughs> that that's like a real like that album is just like real life every situation I've been through with women, depression, everything like that. The other stuff is just songs that I was just trying to make, you know, like to to have songs. Mm. So what's your uh timeline for like releasing music or anything? Uh probably I'm going to shoot a few couple videos this week so I could get like um get get two videos out at least cuz the like the the first or second week in July I'm waiting for the, the 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 company to give me a release date back. And um that's when it's going to be out the first or second week in July and that's when in July I'm going to start the tour up and everything. Mm-hmm. And then um and then then and then in August I'm going to release something else and then October November that's when I'm going to release the full album. I'm going to put out like two EPs and then put out a real album in October. So are you shopping your project to any labels? Um, nah, like I like being independent. I feel like you know, um, like I learned from Troy. Like I see how he put his music out, and um, like how he just put the grind in. Like if you're willing to do the grind, you honestly don't need a label because you can make more money that way. And then when you do sign to a major label, everything I've done, like say I put an album out now and it sells like three, four thousand copies. And then, like, I own all of that. Like, I own the masses, everything. Then I do sign to a major label. Once I do, you know, once I start getting a promo from the major label, and people go check out the old album again, and then people start buying it again, buying it again. That's all still mine. So, yeah, that's what people were saying um, with Kendrick Lamar when he right, did yep. Section Eighty and then dropped the major. Right. Yeah. So- so with Section 80, he's eating. He's probably made more money off Section 80 than he did the other two albums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's a smart um that's a smart way to go about it. If you want to put the grind in, like you know, I I, I like this is like my lifestyle. So I like traveling, I like going doing different shows in different cities, I like talking to people on Twitter, like, yo, come out, I'm be here today. Uh I need to start getting on Facebook. Like I'm not really on Facebook heavy because I used to have a Facebook and I used to curse on Facebook. And my aunt used to call my mom, like, oh, your son is cursing on Facebook. <laughs> and my mother was like, yo, can you please just, like, not do that on Facebook? Like, I'm tired of getting calls about that. So I just deleted my Facebook altogether. Like, you can have that, auntie. You know what I mean? Just don't come on Twitter, all right? Just, you have Facebook, <laughs> Twitter. Oh, man. How does your, uh, your mother and your aunt feel about everything that you have going on now? I mean, of course, they they proud of me, especially like you know when I um like I did the VH1 thing or when they hit like I let them hear the podcast and shit like that. Mm. And of course, I mean they. But you know, I've been in movies and stuff my whole life, so she know like she's happy that I'm getting back into it. For years, like I haven't done stuff like that, mm. so she's happy like I'm getting back into like the entertainment industry because she always wanted me to do that since I was young. Like I, my claim to fame when I was in high school, I was the altar boy in Sex in the City. Mm. Like I used to show girls that, and it was like automatic. They their pants was coming off. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Sex in the City. I still use it sometimes, but it don't have that much effect anymore because you know Sex in the City is. But now I just show them like, yeah, you know, I was on um, taxis and podcasts. Now I'm telling me I was on y'all podcast. Now. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> but um, and you know, as you as you start to um. You know, you know, progressing your career now. Um, like, do you ever meet people and have like fan out moments? Um, what? What? I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, who are some of those people? Just mostly like girls I see on like Instagram. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 
but they when they look at me, they see the same thing. But that that don't change that I'm mesmerized by them. You know, it's like, damn, like, oh man, like let me tell you something, man. That's that's what, and I find it's going to be even harder and harder to get into a serious relationship because every city you go to, there's some girl there that look like ten thousand likes in person. Like, can you imagine seeing ten thousand likes in person? Mm. It's like, god damn, like, I, like you'd be thinking, like, man, I I give it all up for this girl right here. I would be with her. Two days later, you're in another CDC, another girl that you would want to be with. That's why I love D.C. so much, man. I love the East Africans out there. I wish I could be with every girl in D.C. That's what I wanted to say because, um, you know, we were talking earlier <laughs> and, like, um, you know, we went to the reggae concert uh, midnight at the Howard Theater, uh, like, maybe, like, two years ago. And it was mad Eritrean girls down there. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that, man. Yo, you no, gotta. Man, no, they're Ethiopians, man. <laughs> oh, Ethiopians, yeah. Yeah, but the Eritreans, yeah, like. Now the Eritreans, they be in uh, Silver Spring. I don't know if you've been to Silver Spring, Maryland. I'll, I'll be there now. Now that you told me that. Yeah, it's like a little coffee shop there, and that's where they all be. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be down too. in DC the 30th. I think um, D Ray, D Ray doing something at the Howard Theater, so we are gonna come down there for that. Fuck with D Ray and shit. Okay, I'm gonna I'm probably slide through there. <laughs> Bring me an Ethiopian from <laughs> I'm holding you to that. You're going to have to get me at least one Ethiopian. Oh, man. man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go to Silver Spring and try to bag a couple and bring them. <laughs> well, be like, yo, man, just go walk up to him like, yo, I have a friend that would be perfect for you. Yeah. <laughs> you right now. Um, now, um, in terms of, you know, your experiences in relationships, um, you, you know, do you have like trust issues or anything like that? No, nah, I don't have trust issues. I know bitches ain't shit, so it ain't really <laughs> <laughs> I ain't shit though. So like, what am I, what I'm supposed to expect? I'm not looking. You know what I mean? You gotta you want you gotta be the person you want to attract. I mean, right. I'm a piece of shit, so I, I know that at the end of the day, whoever I'm gonna be with right now is gonna be a piece of shit. So when I when I start handling myself better, then I will start looking for for um better women. But yeah, I mean, do you at least, think at least want to cheat twelve times before she cheat back? You know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, like, do you think that uh, that 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 we as human beings are even really supposed to be monogamous? Though it's getting harder and harder nowadays. I say that, like in mm. the eighties, I feel like it was easier because now you have so much access to like, like, look with Instagram. You like a girl picture that lives halfway across the world. And then you, one day you see that she's hosting a club out here. You like, yo, I'm gonna go to that club to try to see if I could just sh- shoot my shot, like try to get there. Like you're right at come, like yo, I see you're here tonight. Hopefully, I could stop by and see you. And she'll write you back, like yeah, hey, come see me here. You know what I mean? It's like more, it's like more and more people are accessible. In the '80s, you had to, if you didn't bag a girl, and then you had to get her house number, and before <laughs> when she was home, if you see a girl somewhere. And then you don't get her in the 80s. That was it. Now yeah. you can try to search Twitter, search Instagram. Like, damn, I saw this girl at this club. Let me, let, me, let me view the club and see if anybody tagged that they was here this night. Go through those pictures. You see her. You add her. Tell her, like, yo, I saw you last night. So accessibility yeah. killed it. Like, I wish I was in the 80s, though, man, because I, I really, really am the last person I believe in true love. Like, I wish I had just like two girlfriends I could be with for the rest of my life and I wouldn't have to deal with none of this shit no more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so in your experience, you know, a lot of times people say like people on Instagram that you see, they don't look the, like the same way in person. But in your experience, they look like exactly the same way in person, if not better. I, a lot of girls, yeah. I mean, 
Uh, honestly, I don't care. If you look good on Instagram, you look good in person to me. Uh, All right. <laughs> I, I, how I'm you f- look, <laughs> looking kind of ugly? Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like, um, of like, like, oh, like she catfished me. Like, hey, listen, as long as Instagram think you look good, baby, you look good to me. <laughs> <laughs> how you feel about uh about like the the the, the fake titties and the ass shots and all that? Yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. I, I don't knock nobody for what, what they, they want to do, like, because at the end of the day, you have to do what you want to do to make you feel beautiful, I guess. But that's just not my thing. I, I wouldn't really, like, I don't really date girls with, like, fake asses and fake tits because I'm just a fan of you being you. I date girls with big butts. I date girls with little butts. You know what I mean? It's like, so, mm. you don't really, like, I'm not, like, like the baddest chick to me is Karuchi, and look at her. She ain't really got much. Yeah. <laughs> um <That's> true. <laughs> yeah. So like when it comes to um to looks and everything, like what if it's like a five who got like the best personality ever? Could you uh you know, consider that in terms of wifey material? Yeah, if she got if she got pretty ass feet and hips. Mm. Honestly, I like feet and hips more than I like face. Face is like my third thing. Mm. I go to feet, look at the feet first. Then I look at the hips, and then I look at the face. I, I've dated ugly girls, and when people be like, "You got you date that ugly ass girl," I'm like I, I'm, I'm beautiful enough for both of us. All right, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I like, and I like personality. I like, like you know, somebody I can vibe with, somebody I, like that get my jokes. Because a lot of times, like I meet a girl, you know, Twitter people on Twitter have like their own sense of humor. So like I'll make a joke, like a Twitter joke that'll be funny on Twitter and she just won't get it or won't laugh and think it's rude or think I'm being vulgar. And I'm like, oh man, it's like this, this will never work. Like if you don't get, get Twitter humor. Yeah. yeah. I feel like people on Twitter have the best humor in the world. Like y'all have any on Twitter? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Um, we got to get back more on the social but, media. It's just but, hard being busy all the time. Nah, but it's from yeah, ain't no excuse, man. All you gotta do is send two, three tweets from the whole day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we got like the automatic joint going right yeah. now, but we tweet, you know, here and there. <laughs> yeah, we know. We show the automatic tweet is a no-no in your world. Yeah, I was heavy on Twitter back in like from like '07 when it first came out to '09, because um, I think I joined it '09. I, I wasn't. I didn't know nothing about it in '07. Yeah, 07. I think that's when I first got with um that's when I first got with Sycamore and everything like that. And like the first it was like the tech community and the beginning of the hip hop community started getting on. Uh-huh. And like, you know, everybody cause um, I went to Howard, so like everybody from Howard started jumping on and that's when it was like crazy because it was like really, you know, just everybody just out there and not not so corporate how it is now. Right, yeah. Like Twitter's definitely watered down now. But, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. Like, I, I just try to, like, and that's another thing. I weed a lot of stuff out on Twitter. Like, I, I literally only see what I want to see. Like, my eyes only gravitate towards keywords. Mm. Because, you know, I do, like, have a lot of people I like, uh, I like um, political follows. Like, oh, you know, you meet someone at an event. Like, oh, you should follow this person. Oh, oh, y'all should follow each other. Oh, like that. You know, you know, I don't really unfollow nobody on Twitter either. So, uh, it's like, I probably follow almost a thousand people that I no longer want to follow or don't want to follow, but I just don't unfollow people because I feel like that's a little, that's like, if somebody unfollow me, I get offended. That's like saying, fuck you. 
to my face. You know what I mean? If you said fuck you to my face, I'd probably punch you in the nose. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so like um do um do you do like research on social media strategy and like business and all that type of stuff, or do you just kind of learn as you go? Nah, yeah, I I, I should though. I, I don't I don't do no research. I don't do any reading. I kind of feel like you know I'm one of the people that like like people tell me like oh you should read Forty Eight Laws of Power and stuff like that, and I feel like I'm kind of one of the people who write books like that. So I don't really read stuff like that because you know I like have a lot of knowledge about. It's a lot of self-awareness and self-knowledge, but I do want to start reading because it will help me take what I have now to the next level. If I already know these things and um, I read up on how to sharpen them, you know, like like yeah. steel sharpen steel. Because like when people tell me stuff from the 48 Laws of Power, it's like stuff I already, that's common knowledge to me. Like, of course, uh, yeah, I know that already. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe if I read it, it'd teach me how to... to um master these things mm. and uh and you're currently working on a book right uh, right now aren't you yeah I'm, I'm doing actually two books one book is just going to be like i'm searching right now it's going to just be like my best tweets i'm going to do a book of like all tweets and like all gems i've ever wrote and shit like that it's just going to be in a book and the next tweet is like how to to make yourself popular you know everything like and how to become like a how to basically like how to brand yourself like how to make yourself a brand and start making money from it mm-hmm. like you know some some of my stuff is like sometimes you gotta fuck the, the 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 popular ugly chick because she will get your name out there like she she's gonna brag so much about that she she's gonna be so happy that she's fucking you that she's gonna tell everybody in the world and that everybody you know in that circle is gonna know who you are now that's so true <laughs> <laughs> yo that's so true <laughs> But yeah, man, I look forward to that. Um, that's you know definitely some knowledge. Um, I guess like in terms of getting into books, like if you don't necessarily even feel like you know reading through a book, what I do is you know right now I listen to a lot of um, you know audio books. Ah, uh, right. And you know not to plug you know but, but you know we got the sponsorship uh, audible dot com slash channel ten. You can get your free thirty day trial and a free audio book. But oh shit, um, definitely gonna fuck with that. But yeah, yeah, like um, it's it's a lot of good things. And I got like forty eight laws and everything. Um, Contagious is a good one. That's one. Um, it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about. That's the one I think Nipsey Hussle said inspired him to do his proud to pay thing when he sold the mixtape yeah. for a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah, like cause some dude was selling cheesesteaks in Philly for a hundred dollars. <laughs> But um, yeah, he details that in that book. But yeah, man, um, do you have any like um any titles that you're thinking about so far for naming your books? No, I don't have any titles yet. That's another thing. Like, that's another thing. That I just like you know just jotting down. Basically, like I want to get the book written first and then choose like, like afterwards like whatever title best describes how I organize it. Yeah. And then I'm also working on like I'm um, doing some some YouTube shows. Mm. Like uh, um, I'm gonna be like making a YouTube series called Thirty Dates in Thirty Days. It's just gonna be me going on thirty dates with thirty different girls. It'll actually, probably be more than that, but that's just the name <laughs> I'm going with. Thirty dates in thirty days. Like right. it's gonna be like mostly reenactive of real dates I've been on. So I might get sued there. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna actually use the girl. Hey, I might even ask some of the girls that I went on a date with because you know sometimes I go on bad dates on purpose just because girls love to talk about negative experiences. Like, oh, I went on this date with this guy. He was such a jerk. Uh, uh, 
and that that's also in a book. Like you know, sometimes you got to go on bad dates. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I saw that on your Instagram. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to go on bad dates. You know. Sometimes you got to have everybody can't say something good about you. Some people have. There has to be some negativity about you in the world. Yeah. So, like with your um, with like with your schedule and all, do you have like a particular like regimen when it comes to like you know sitting down and write like you know writing writing for your book. And like going to Twitter, working with that, and then like you know doing like things that you do, like selling shirts and like networking all throughout night or whatever like that. Uh, yeah, twenty four seven. I'm on the clock twenty four seven. This is my job. This is my livelihood. I do something towards my goal every day, like all day, every day. Like before this, I was out. Um, I went to like a um, like a networking event, like a, a podcast. It was Combat Jack shit. Mm. Um, before that, I was writing a book. Before that, I was uh, went to work out. Like like um before that I was designing the shirt when I woke up in the morning. I was designing like um for the stuff that I'm coming out with for for like for the tour, for tour merchandise and everything. Like it's twenty four seven. Like you I don't really I don't have no off the less when I'm going out. But then that's even still part of it because I'm being social. I'm outside wearing the shirts, that's promo. I'm outside meeting girls. You know, I'm being um I'm 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 buying girls drinks on the company card and shit like that. It's all it's all work, you know. <laughs> everything I do is work related. Everything I do, every tweet I send, every night I go out, everything I do is for the brand and for me. Yeah. Working yeah. and having fun, man. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed that everything like I get to live the life I wanna live in is productive, being productive and it's lucrative. Mm. Are you still sad? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm actually even sadder than I, I'm. I'm the saddest I've been in a while right now. Why is? Do you think it's like a chemical thing, or is it like things that are just happening? Yeah, like just certain shit just happened, man. It's like I'm sad because I didn't get caught cheating in like two months, and like you know, like usually it's the summertime, so I wanted my girl to catch me cheating so we could break up for a little while and we could I could go have some fun. Now, like, you know, she, I don't know why she just won't go through my phone. I've been leaving it out there, been leaving it unlocked, open just for her. To <laughs> you know, breaking up with your girlfriend isn't isn't like real men don't do that. You just do stuff to get yourself dumped, like when you don't want to be in a relationship no more. <laughs> and she just won't do it. I, I really be like, I hate being like, you know, as a boy, I'm a great boyfriend. That's why girls, you know, a lot of, a lot of my exes miss me after we break up. But, um. You know, being with someone four days a week is five, four or five days a week is getting hard, man. Like, I just need her to dump me so I can have the next two months to myself. Right, right. <laughs> it's reminds me of that fabulous song. Uh, what's this joint? Cuffing Season? Right. <laughs> like, like, tell the hoes I'll be back in June. <laughs> right. Uh, tell these hoes I'll be back around June. It's June, man. Like, what you doing, man? Let me get these next two months. Let me get July and August to myself. We'll be back in September. Yeah, man. Hopefully she hit us. <laughs> the summertime is for hanging out, taking new girls on dates, and stuff like that. It's not for relationships, man. Not. Hmm. Well, I, I read somewhere, like I think it was on your Instagram, you said you mentioned something about March being like the saddest month. So, like, uh, uh, why is that? Um, because it's like March Madness and March Sadness. It's just like a play on words. March Sadness, March Madness. Like I had made the March Sadness T-shirts, like that was the promo for that month, and because you know what, oh, it is the saddest month because in, only girls I've ever loved were Pisces, and um, and they that, they all had March birthdays, and and they all like just broke my heart. So 
Damn. That's what March is. The, March is the saddest month for me. And stay away from Pisces. If I got any advice for y'all, just stay away from Pisces. Pisces women are the devil. Man, man. <laughs> man the last relationship I was in was with a Pisces, man. That's that's a whole nother story. I feel your pain, man. Feel your pain. Oh, no, no. It's, it's not my pain. It's hers. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's some real stuff. Um, breaking hearts, man. No, well, no, uh, it, it, it's something more personal than that. Because uh-huh. it's kind of about, yeah, I, I, yeah, she recently just called me after like two years, and it's a whole nother story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, life is crazy, especially as you get older and certain things start to happen to people around you, and you're just yeah. looking at it like, yo, like, you know, sometimes you look like you don't know who's going to be here tomorrow, so... <laughs> Dead ass, man. That's why you just got to enjoy. That's why you got to live life to the fullest, man. And enjoy it. Yeah, man. Um, but I guess uh, moving forward, um, you know, uh, uh, where do you see yourself in the next, you know, year or two? Um, living in D.C. with my new East African girlfriend. Word, word, <laughs> word. <laughs> you know, just, just making everything from out there. Living in D.C. with my, my new East African girlfriend, making, you know, just bringing Saturday out there. Or hopefully, like, I would have, like, a couple stores by then and just be just be able to sit back and, um, like, have, like, Saturday reps, people who tweet sad. And I'll be able to just live my, my normal life and have the brand moving constantly. That's what I'm doing now. Like, I'm just going to different states. I'm going to find a sad rep in every city and just tell him, like, Yo, I'm going to pay you a certain amount to tweet sad and be sad for me every day. On Twitter, <laughs> carry it on, and I and I actually go get to be happy. That's a that's a that's a dope marketing strategy. Yeah. Man. <laughs> um, and I guess um I guess in closing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess um in closing um you know what what uh what uh music are you listening to now? Right now, um you know I listen to Troy Ave. I listen to um. I listen to Beyonce, Rihanna, 90s R&B. I listen to myself. Mm. I listen to The Killers and Party Next Door. That's about it. Word, word. Speaking of the whole, um, you know, situation with uh, Troy Ave, like, how is that affecting the whole New York scene right now? I don't really speak on that too Okay. Much. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. No doubt. Um but yeah, you know, you got your your R and B playlist ready for the for the ladies this summer and everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, we definitely appreciate having you on, man. It's a great conversation, and I, I I'm gonna try to come out there on the thirtieth when you're down there, Howard Theater with uh, yeah, DeRay. Definitely, man, and bring a bring a Ethiopian with you, man. Man, I'm gonna try my hardest, man. I'm bag a couple of them. <laughs> But definitely, and if you got a spot out there, we could do like a um, like if you got connections, any spot out there, we could do a pop up shop concert. That you know what I mean, we could make a couple dollars together and shit. All right, man, man, I'll be on the lookout, definitely, definitely. So hit me up, man. I appreciate y'all for having me up here. No Channel doubt, Channel. no doubt, man. No doubt, we probably had this up in the next um, next uh, I'm trying to think, probably the week after next. All right, yeah, definitely. All right, man. Appreciate it, man. No Feel doubt. Peace. Yeah, son. Feel it, man. Roll it up, son. You gotta just do it, yo. Yeah, yo, roll it up, man. It's a different yeah. channel, son. Roll it up. On, man. Roll it up. Watch the channel, son. Different plane now, man. It's all good. Roll it up. All good, baby. In every hood, son. 
Well, what up, yeah? CNN, Network Channel 10. It's on again. Network Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef than Scarface. CNN, Network Channel 10. It's on again. Street niggas, it's grown men. Bold face, get in your face. Stay in place, yo, crime lace. Cast more beef.